0: This is Sam Kincannon, and you're listening to Hard Truths with Sam Kincannon. Tonight, the Dossers draft is formally signed into law, requiring all citizens of age who are not already contracted to a licensed deity to be available for auxiliary military duties if called upon. We'll be discussing the draft of the Judicator Cross of the Southeastern and giving you all the facts you need to get your paperwork in order.
1: I've actually just spoken to one of the new enlisted volunteers. One young lady from my territory in the southeast, she was going to be hallowed into a war saint. But what she said was, oh, I'll never forget this, I've had triplets. Whatever happens to me, it can't hurt more than that.
2: <laughs> Isn't that absolutely splendid? Our national character, that sense of dark and defiant humor. Yeah. And uh, I really... Uh, uh, nope. Am
0: I? That's why I climbed up to a of contract with the Church Electric. A <sighs> contract contract sodding contract monthly debit so I don't have to worry about bills or changing energy costs. It means great exclusive extras, like access to the church's latest minor deity, the effervescent plane, And it adds my entire family to a shared license as contracted worshipers of the saints, so we don't need to worry about an unexpected knock on the door either. Now I can get back to what's really important.
1: Yeah. Hooray! Uh, corp, there's someone coming. Corporal? Ma'am, this is a restricted area. The shoreline is off limits. It's all been mined. Ma'am, you can't come through here. Stop walking. I-, I I will shoot you, ma'am. Please stop walking. Ma'am.
3: Soldier. You will not shoot me, and you did not see me. I will certainly not set off any landmines on my way down the cliffs. When I make it down to the shoreline, there will be a motorboat waiting for me there with a full engine. The last word is absolutely clear on all these points. don't you agree
0: I y- yes Yeah. yes of course
3: what is your name private
2: Tainsley ma'am
3: You are a good soldier, Tainsley. Better than that. You are a patriot. There is a great destiny waiting for you and you will prove yourself a hero by the end. When it's your time to die, Tainsley, You will die a hero's death, and it will be brave, and it will be purposeful. Each of your bullets will strike the right target, just at the right moment, in just the right place. You will always be remembered for what you did to keep our country safe.
0: Don't you agree? (laughs)
1: Thank you, Go no ma'am. Go no uh, let me, uh, let me open the gate for you.
3: Thank you, you no Tamesly. No Remember to lock up after me, please.
2: You have come to the end of the inhabited lands. Stray and starving gods dwell beyond this point. Go no further. Go no further.
3: They're not lying, you know, when they say that the war is going... badly. I suppose the difficulty comes to this. In the modern age, absolute victory and absolute defeat have become nearly impossible things to declare. After all, there are so many new gods these days, and so many different ways this story can be spun. Someone, nobody wants to admit who, has already exploded the Channel Bridge, making a direct assault even more difficult and reckless. And so, both sides are for now content to focus on prolonged and devastating bombardment. Mass sanctification, fleets of god rockets spiraling up into the sky along the length of the coast. This is the sort of thing that can appear in newspapers and which we can all feel good about. And there are gods out here, too, lurking in the charred sand and swimming in the polluted water who play their own part in making any land invasion a hopeless prospect. The peninsula favours the torn prince, that awful barbed-wire deity whose stick-figure angels patrol our country's northern beaches, catching up boatfuls of attempted invaders in loving steel tendrils, twisting tight. The Lingus Straits have evolved their love saints, chaining the poor whimpering things to floating sea mines letting them drift and swim until they find an unlucky victim in the channel who they will pursue relentlessly, chasing one final explosive embrace. And now, the polluted air and smoke of the endless bombardments is beginning to twist these lands which are already so extremely twisted. Wild new angels stalk the earth beyond the barricades, seeking reluctant offerings from military patrols or fleeing civilians. Licensed deities twist and deform, becoming something new which cannot be negotiated with, nor govern. A great strip of god-haunted lunatic land is spreading from north to south from south to north, on either side of the water. This is the war's one successful conquest, and nobody living will ever benefit from it. I like it out here. Nobody can stop me at the barricades on the peninsula inside. Nothing is capable of chasing me down once I have passed beyond them. I stroll on through this new country, this third, peculiar territory and dead man's land between the two warring nations, entirely unchanged, and entirely unbothered. I walk the sands in bare feet, all the way down to the motorboat with a full engine that carries me on, untroubled, through the dark waters of the channel. The love saints gaze upon me with hollow eyes as I pass them by in my little boat. And then they swim on. They recognize me as a kindred spirit, or perhaps. Another's prize. I have already been chosen. I am already marked. And in time, the enemy's coastline appears on the horizon, the chalk white cliffs of the Linga Straits, a perfect mirror of our own northern bounds. My boat washes up on the charred and broken beach. I step ashore. With only a little effort, I pass beyond the bombardment zone and the CLS soldiers who briefly try to stop me. village out here in the fields of the northern country. A rotten little place with dingy whitewashed houses and a few tumble-down farms, sat amongst the fields just beyond the reach of the peninsula's god rockets. This
0: is where I'll begin. This is how it begins. At dusk, in the mist and the cool, on the verge of the falling darkness. And the Promised Bride is standing here upon the empty flats of the lower delta, looking out across the endless water.
2: Uh, Maybe delegate back a little on the endless water.
0: She's been warned all her life about coming here, to the banks of the great Nameless River. But the Promised Bride has no choice because her groom has been stolen from her. Murdered by the enemies across the water with a rifle in his hand and her locket dangling about his throat. Murdered by the same enemies that even now surround her village upon all sides, readying themselves for the next attack. The promised bride is crying because something, anything, needs to happen to stop what's coming for her people tomorrow her tears strike the dark water the surface breaks and changes and in the spreading ripples, she sees a reflection that is not her own why are you crying the trawler man asks and when he's spoken he turns the first of his faces away from her Tomorrow is the day of going forth, the promised bride tells him, which means that tomorrow our foes will make their final assault. They will seize this land for their own. I know that I must fight, and I know that I must die in defense of my people and my community, and I am not afraid to die. But what use can my death be if our foes overrun us all the same? I am something frail, and I am something small, and even the final sacrifice of my body and spirit would not be enough to prevent our people from being conquered. Then become something else, the trawler man says, with the first of his two faces. My currents are kind, and your flesh is pliant. I will make you something that cannot be conquered.
2: Okay, and that's it for today, people.
1: Ooh. Hey,
3: versus. I got silvers. Diamaki, Major de Silva. Sarah hey, yeah. Oh. Looking for silk purses? In TSV? In
0: Anshantu? Reese Lawton? He looks trench hey, I've got Dave Wilson. No. I'm
3: just trying to find somewhere safe for the night, mate. Come on. They're going to draft me if they catch me out here. Please.
0: Help me. The feels different now. Emptier, certainly. A particular kind of emptiness that nobody seems to want to talk about. Except when they say something like, It's so nice to be able to walk through the station without somebody coming at you begging for money. There's also a camaraderie. Or maybe just the performance of camaraderie. The last war, we all recall, was a time when people came together as a community really took care of each other. So this, too, must be one of those times. There are air raid sirens and formal daily death reports that contradict the informal daily death reports. There are missile strikes lighting up the sky to the north of the city. And there are army trucks with cages and screaming faces that we will not think about too hard. perhaps this will do us all some good you know perhaps it'll bring us all together there are days it's absolutely true when I feel like giving up days when I no longer feel entirely convinced that a lifetime in politics has been a life well spent it's not that you've lost your humanity or anything like that there's no point in being dramatic Just a faint staining at the edges of your personhood. The patina of complicity weakening the hard steel rods that are supposed to be keeping you standing upright day after day in a field like politics. You drive past something new and something awful that you aren't supposed to think about too hard. The jeeps and the fresh-faced soldiers and hasty checkpoints established for the new draft... Vagrants rattling the bars of the new cages that sit upon the truck beds. And you can't. You can do nothing whatsoever about it. Nothing to make those poor people's condition any better. But you feel as if perhaps you should have done something. As if you're to blame for the sights you're forced to turn your eyes away from. Even though they were here before you and they will most certainly outlast you. On days like these, I only have to gaze up at the seat of government itself, visible through the petricoral parks of Glottage, and I begin to feel my resolve strengthen. Seventeen high, white columns stood before a great casket of white marble, tall on the western side, collapsing in upon itself on the eastern side. The Moradain Palace was built some 400 years ago by High Adjudicator Egriman, who, as we all know, lost his mind, declared himself king of the Unified Peninsula, and then the very next day, a god. Or the god-king, or king of all the gods? He hadn't quite established the proper terminology. After we shot Egerman and buried him deep beneath the vaults of his own palace, we decided that while he might have been a maniac and fascist and utterly antithetical to our own principles of representative democracy, we did like what he'd done with all the columns. So, we kept the Moradin, and we installed a plaque about how the man's atrocities must, of course, never be forgotten. Then, in the last war, the Lingers hit the palace with a lucky suicide bomber saint, and the entire eastern side of the roof caved in, and we decided to keep the rubble around as well, as evidence of our courage under fire. Or just to remind ourselves of what foreigners were capable of. The Mordame's been subsiding ever since collapsing in on itself year by year, losing corridors and backrooms to its own gradual decay. But it's too slow to be considered an emergency, and too symbolically important to ever truly be abandoned. A palace, a monument, and a ruin, all at once. Like this country. A thing both living and dead triumph of dogged motor function over sense. It looks like a hive, the Moradame, a swarming insect nest of white marble and neat cut grass. It's a reminder that I have to stay strong, and I have to pick my moments carefully, and there's no time... To feel guilty about the things I cannot change. Because I have changed things. Incrementally, slowly, sometimes agonizingly slowly, which is the only way any change can truly last. Progress is a kind of a trick. Above all, it's a subtlety. Like a building in collapse, it needs to have already happened... you weren't quite looking. It needs to become a fact before it can be picked apart. And there are biting, scuttling things in the subsiding walls of the Moradayn that come with their own offices and personal assistance. And if I give them an opening, I'll be devoured.
1: morning, salutations, and happy birthdays to those of you whose birthday it is. We'll kick off in five, okay, everyone? Press Secretary, how are you? How are you? Hey, Cross, good to see you in town. Love the nectar, you cad and bounder, sir. Ah. Shrew, first time on SENSEC, hey! Really damn good to have you with us at last. Get through the new gates, okay? Lots of security, I know, lots of fuss. I hate it personally, but
0: has to be done. <laughs> Thank you, Press Secretary. It's, uh, it's so good to be here.
1: Shrew, I promise you, I'm not yanking your chain here. But the high adjudicator, he's been watching your career now with interest. And he's always said to me, he's always said, as soon as a spot opens up on that council, you get through in the room. They've got an uh, an authentic, alternative voice that needs to be heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. Um, I was... I was
0: so sorry to hear about Adjudicator Willis, by the way.
1: Ah, don't, don't worry about it. Like I said, the H.A.'s got his eye on you, and you're the one he wants at this table. You're in, Willis is in the ground. So it goes. H.A. won't be joining us today, but he wanted me to pass that message on. You've got his unconditional support. Take a pew, lap up all the cheering. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <Ooh. laughs> well, uh, I, I, I'm actually waiting on his approval Illegal river god faith from my territory that wants to come into the fold, help with the war effort. I submitted the report last month, and I think they've got a lot of value for us. <laughs> they're, um... They're gonna make me an honorary Catabasian, if you can believe it. Uh, that's, uh, an elder of the faith. Um, apparently there's this whole ceremony and... How many bodies?
1: I'm sorry? How many disciples? Just a, a guesstimate. Anyone in hiding? Anyone not already on the census? It's, it, it's just good to know. If it's in the dozens, that's not something we can take time for. You know, gotta prioritise. Uh, I'm honestly not sure. They're, they're more...
0: It's in the report that I sent. Um, they've got a prayer mark that's like a, a weapon. It's very dramatic, very shock and awe. And I think it's utility for defence. It would it, be just...
1: H.A.'s office is kind of more interested in raw numbers right now than weaponry. I mean, we've got plenty of guards, fewer people. (laughs) Find out those numbers for me, and it's something I can help with.
0: But but if the approval goes through, they'd be licensed. And they'd be safe, according to... To the terms of the draft.
1: Oh, absolutely. They would be drafts for the unlicensed and the unlicensed only. That is not something we're about to backslide on. It's just something we need to know before we can act.
0: Ah, uh, I can find out those numbers for
1: you, Press Secretary. Do, do, please do. And I'll investigate it on my end as well, okay? Find out what the holdup is. We've got staff shortages here as well, as I'm sure you've seen. Gets worse every week. But hey, I like making my own coffee. It grounds you. <laughs> it grounds you. Hey. <laughs> hey. How's the family settled in the south? Yes, I think so.
0: I, uh, I need to check in with them. Actually,
1: that's good, Shrew. That's good because at a time like this, you know, what's really important is that we keep our people safe. Could be my kids are playmates with your kids, you know? Wouldn't that be sweet if they were playmates? (laughs) Hey! Look, I've got to get started. It's been great to catch up with you, and let's talk more soon, okay? Take a seat, adjudicator. Honoured adjudicators, honoured adjudicators. Okay, if we could have your attention, please. Uh, We'll keep this quick, and we'll keep this light. So, good news first, and this is the stuff we want you talking about in the press as much as you can. Spread it like compost, folks. See what grows. Uh, Four successful strikes last night on a storage facility just 40 miles south from Nash. We're getting closer all the time. Wind gods are doing great work for us. Uh, Devlin's badge has been awarded to a small boy in the Southeastern who caught a pair of Linger spies sneaking around in his parents' barn. Wonder how they made it all the way down there. Oh, this kid is adorable. Chubby little cheats, you just want to squeeze him. Expect a whole new cycle all about him. Expect to hear his thoughts on everything that matters and everything that doesn't. You will be so sick of him by the end. (laughs) Uh, Now for the fuck-ups. After the loss of the month of Langers, the HA has let me know that there will be no further military experimentation upon time gods during the course of this conflict. Reassuring to us all, I'm sure. It was a good idea, but right now, technology just isn't there. Uh, Obviously, when you're briefing publicly, this was a non-event. Or, if undeniable, it was a localised event. And it's important to be clear about
0: that. Wait, we lost a month? When... When did that happen?
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And a warm welcome, of course, to Adjudicator Shrew, who's joining us for their first security council. Quizzling Shrew, sitting on sunset. We really must be getting desperate. Lot to catch you up on, I'm sure. But we'll try and take it slow. Plenty of footnotes. Now, the main event... (laughs) <laughs> we've got something very special to share with you today so get the buttered popcorn out for this part a live radio feed from the other side of the channel a new saint a new experimental god live in the field of combat and we think you're all going to be very excited to see what this one could do O's and ours, if you please uh, Yeah, yeah yeah just just pop the radio down down here yeah thanks Hello? Are you there Val? Val? Hello? Are you
3: there?
2: Yes, I'm here. I'm gonna need you to show me your papers. I said...
3: In fact, Press Secretary Carson, I think I'm just about ready to begin.
2: Hmm. Folks, I'm going to need everyone to clear the cafe. Head on out. Take your turn in the sunshine. We've got officers waiting outside for you. Go on now. Timothy, Jane, you can finish your lunch in a little while. Ted, you and the other staff could take yourselves out the back of the kitchen, please. Thank you.
3: Am I in some kind of trouble, Sergeant?
2: What's your name, miss? Val. Do you have any papers identifying you as a citizen of the CLS, Miss Val?
3: Fright not. Ted back there, in
2: the kitchen. He was the one who called the station house. He told me he had a strange woman in here. Strange woman with a peninsular accent. And she'd come in asking some very searching questions about our flood defences and our troop movements. Playing it all up, you know, a kind of performance. Making folks nervous. Like she was enjoying making folks nervous.
3: Yes, that was me. And you are quite right. I am enjoying myself very much.
2: You get to my age, you learn to read people. Two possibilities present themselves to me. First possibility, I'm looking at the most incompetent, half-witted spy the pennies could ever think to send. A spy who's trying, for whatever reason, to get caught.
3: Hmm. Are you still getting all of this, press secretary?
2: Second possibility, you're a wandering derelict or something like that. Hoping to get yourself arrested for the sake of a warm cell and a hot dinner.
3: More likely, hmm. But, Sergeant, I do not look like a wandering derelict. Do I?
2: No, you don't.
3: There is a third possibility, of course, which you have failed to consider. It could be that I am from the peninsula. I in fact have representatives of the peninsular government listening into our conversation right now. And I was hoping to speak with you, Sergeant Loughton.
2: I Why me?
3: It's a small town. Your key ring opens up. The armory. The generator and the emergency broadcast system. For any kind of sensible precision strike, you would be the first one to target.
2: Uh, you're here to what? To to kill me?
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, a little more than that. I am here to kill your town.
2: Who are you?
3: I am a living miracle, Sergeant. A hallowed relic, a saint and a sacrifice. I bear my god's black and delicate marks of ink upon my flesh, I carry its fiery embrace in my racked and ruined heart. Lo marvel at me.
2: Oh. No, 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 no. You're you're just trying to scare me off, that's all. I've been on this earth a long time. I've seen all manner of wonders, but I have never seen a saint that walked and talked like you.
3: You'll never have another opportunity, I'm afraid.
2: All right. I'm going to need you to come back to the station with me. No. What did you say?
3: Absolutely not. You... Cannot arrest me, Sergeant Loughton. That is completely out of the question. The last word says you left your sidearm on the kitchen table this morning.
2: Uh, Aye, that's not...
3: (sighs) Told you.
1: Oh, shit.
3: And even if you had remembered to bring your sidearm with you today, what could you possibly have done with it? The last word says, You lost your trigger finger in a thresher when you were ten. I'm sure it was painful. (laughs) (laughs) And the more I think of it, the more absurd it is that you could threaten me at all, Sergeant Loughton. When the last word tells me that you've been fused to that diner chair ever since you turned 16.
2: Ah!
3: (laughs) A strange and horrible thing. Unheard of in this village or anywhere else in the CLS. Your flesh sinking slowly into the oak. Like it was thick river mud. (laughs) Try tried to free you, of course. But by the time the doctor arrived, the struts themselves had sunk further in, splintering beneath your skin, working their way into the bone of your spine. Your parents fed you for weeks, Sergeant Laughton. sobbing and praying, trying to figure out what God they could possibly have offended. Watching as the open veins spread upwards and outwards, through the armrests and seat and legs, hardening and cracking the changing flesh of your arms, your legs, your trunk. On the eighteenth day, your lungs became varnished wooden vessels, and you were no longer breathing. but your head remained hot flesh for a short while longer sergeant loughton stinking and lolling atop the polished frame of elm and bone that had once been something like a man yes exactly like that
2: Release Sergeant Ottenham, unharmed, or we will open fire.
0: Repeat. Release Sergeant Ottenham, unharmed, or we will open
2: fire.
3: Officers, you cannot be here, and you cannot shoot me. You all slit your own throats in the bathroom mirror this morning having spent a great many years struggling with the cosmic absurdity of serving under a dead man who is also a chair. <laughs> hear me. Good. Please listen closely. There was, there was never, never a, a town, town here. That's, that's what, what the, the last word, word tells me, and, and who are wrong. you to deny it? There was never a town here. There was There's only, only a, a typing error. A misprint, a meaningless name that was wrongly added to a few stray maps and, even then, it was a mistake that was swiftly corrected. There was never a town here. How could there have been a town here? So close to the polluted waters and choking in polluted soil, at the mercy of the changing winds beset by the environmental corruption of the old wars, and now defenseless against the peninsula's bombardments. No civilized government would have ever allowed you to settle in such a place the civilized government would have let you remain here so long. And if they had, you would have seen to it that they lost their power. By vote or by fire. And you would have left this place far behind many decades ago. And there was never a town here. If your grandparents and their grandparents never dwelled here then there is simply no way that any of you could ever have existed. You were never born here. None of you. You never played in these streets. You never set foot in this dead earth. You were never unlucky enough to breathe in this dry and wilting air. You were never handed the gift of flesh. And you never bore the weight of bone. Or anything at all. Any of this would have been a rank impossibility. None of it could ever have existed. None of you were ever born at all. Did you get all that, Press Secretary?
1: Yes, thank you, Val. We got it loud and clear. Proceed inland as agreed. We'll check in with your progress later tonight. As you heard, <laughs> just like the rhetorical gods of the last war, Val can spin a good yarn. Lies that become truth, alterations and amendments to the objective present. The ability to wipe out infrastructure as well as enemy combatants, well, that's, it's welcome, although, of course, not groundbreaking. But what's got our scientists really excited about Val is how much of her agency she's retained in her sainthood. I mean, you all heard her. She can talk, she can listen, she can follow orders, she can snark like you or I can. She's she's almost a real person still. She's controllable. And I think those of you in this room who've been staring at the battle reports with me can agree, a war saint who's controllable is going to save us a hell of a lot of collateral. If she makes it far enough behind enemy lines, if she can get access to the encrypted comms of the CLS high command, even the universal broadcast system, well, that is when, pew, 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 we're really going to see some fireworks. Press Secretary, um, a thought. You can even hit us with a couple of thoughts if you think you've got it in, you cross. A saint that can follow orders more efficiently is a welcome development, of course. And I must insist upon being the first to congratulate our scientists on their well-earned success. But humanity? Humanity isn't necessarily a helpful asset here now, is it? Humanity denotes vulnerability. I mean, I mean, what happens if they hit her with an airstrike, true for example? True enough, Cross. True enough. She's not perfect, we know that. She still needs a mouth to lie. Like any saint, she's hardy, but she's not invulnerable. But, you know, we're working hard on replicating her already. So even if they do get lucky and take her out before she has a chance to speak...
0: Can I say something?
1: Go ahead, Shrew. Just leaping right into it.
0: No matter how verbose it is, this thing is... is not human. It's the literalized expression of a concept. It's loyalty by the definition of a saint cannot be to us and cannot be to the peninsula but only to the image of its deity
1: we all know what a saint is true and if val proves herself to be something beyond that then maybe maybe we need to change the definition uh maybe we call her a demigod or uh, a-, a liar's messiah a mess. oh i like that that rhymes
0: we have released a liar's god Into the Linger Straits, with a staggering lack of concern for the consequences of that. It's like we haven't learned from the last war. The rhetorical gods, the wordsmiths, the silver-tongued deities, we banned them for a reason. Their destructive impact was not limited to the CLS. We
1: banned the old gods. The last word, it's a new god?
0: How do we know she isn't lying to us? How can we be certain that we're in control of her? I mean, shouldn't this all have gone through ethics and safeguards first?
1: But it did, Shrew. We had Val up in front of ethics and safeguards last week. You were there for it. You've only forgotten that because she told you to forget it. Your partner and kids, they're all settled down south, right? But
0: yes, you already asked me that. I don't see what that has to do with. Are you
1: with... sure, though, true? I mean, how can you be certain that you had a family before last week when Val invented them for you? I. I'm kidding. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I'm sorry, your face. I just. <laughs> we don't do that to our own people. We'd never do that to our own people. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, okay, okay, look, you have a family shrew, they're real, they've always been real, like, don't look so pale, I'm only yanking your chain, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's okay, um, <laughs> sorry, is. oh, to answer your question, which is fair and valid, I might add, let's hear it from the horse's mouth, okay, um, are, are you there, Val, Val,
3: Still here, Press Secretary.
1: Ah, brilliant. Uh do you mind telling us a little about all the safeguarding work we've gone through with you?
3: Does someone doubt me? Not at all. If there is someone who doubts me, I will gladly speak to them directly.
1: Just settling a few questions here for the benefit of the entire room. Um how did you come to be offered up to the last word, Val?
3: I volunteered, Press Secretary. I wanted to serve my country however I possibly could, and I knew that my hallowing or my death would be of more use to the Peninsula and the war effort than my mortal life could ever be. I signed the papers in full knowledge of what I was volunteering, and at no time was I in any doubt about my decision. I remember that distinctly no matter how much I've changed since that time.
1: And how do you feel now that you're a saint?
3: Very proud to be able to serve my country so effectively, Press Secretary. The last word is a truly marvellous god, and it could only have been created by the greatest nation upon this earth. It is something all of us can be very proud of.
1: So you'll continue to obey orders as we give them to you?
3: Well, I don't outrank anybody, Press Secretary. I am military property, no different from an armoured jeep or a cruise missile. I don't really see myself as having a choice in the matter. Every saint is a servant, after all. Service is all I am capable of.
1: All right, Val. Thank you. On your way. Bye now. Satisfied true.
0: Which, but that was just more words though
1: that was a good deal more than words i'd say that was patriotism not a concept the Quisling shrew would recognize i'm sure <laughs> i think i think we'll wrap up there today folks uh we'll have another progress report for you next week uh ooh, adjudicator shrew do you mind hanging back so we can talk about this some more That was brave, you know.
0: Just asking questions, press secretary.
1: Brave questions. But the thing is, for me, Shrew, I, I, I guess the ultimate question—it comes to this: Are you brave enough? I... After all, this time last year, as I recall it, you were on the radio talking about uh, jingoism run amok and the, the dangers of aggressive expansionism and how maybe we shouldn't be going to war with the lingers at all. And now you're on Diane Stone's show week after week going on and on about anti-sacrificial reform and how this new martyrs cult is something we all need to be sympathetic towards. And in your first appearance at this council... You're talking back to the HA's office, which which is your right, indeed. There's not many members of the legislatures who'd ever stand up for a cause they believe in. And you, you just keep on finding new causes to shout about.
0: Ah, thank you.
1: But it's not real courage either, is it? You're making jabs, shrew, but you're not taking punches. You're not committing yourself to the fight. You're relying on your position to protect you, and decorum and discourse and all of the other fine things that the legislatures stand for above all. Whereas, real courage? It only ever ends one way, right? You ever hear of an unbloodied martyr? (laughs) So, if you think you've got it in you to show some real courage, shrew, you, you might as well tell me now. Because what the government needs more than anything is bodies. And I do not want to have to waste weeks and months of my life tangling with someone who's determined to prove an obstacle to the rest of us. So let's fast-track the inevitable. We can take you down to the hallowing sites today. <laughs> you can fight and scream and be as courageous as you like, and your seat on the council, well, that could be freed up for someone who lacks your hero's spirit. Come on, I'm kidding! I'm kidding! <laughs> oh god, you can't take me so seriously. You know why I'm the press secretary, True, Because I press people's feet to the fire, I heap on the stones, I make them squirm. <laughs> Keep doing your interviews. Keep running your mouth. Like I said, you've got an alternative perspective on things and that is so damned important to us. Don't listen to Cross, you're not a quizzling you're an essential piece of the overall puzzle. You give people hope that we can find solutions collaboratively, together, by talking to each other, without resorting to something like the the uh, wound tree. You're <laughs> something we can work with. Go home. Call your family. Come back next week with lots of difficult questions and hard moral quandaries for us. Make us sweat.
0: <laughs> I...
1: I can go? Yes, of course you can go. Gods, you're acting like I'm some kind of ogre. Do I need to smile more? <laughs> Shrew, do I need to smile more?
0: No, Press Secretary. Uh, you smile just the right amount.
1: Good. Weight off my shoulders. <laughs> and, uh, Shrew, listen for a moment. The HA and I, we've also been thinking about this anti-sacrificial sentiment, and we've been talking about it with the Church Electric, too. They're already thinking beyond the end of this war. That's why they're always winning, you know? It's all coming at a bad time, we have to admit that. It's inconvenient. But you don't pick the cards you're given. And who knows, maybe it is time for a little change. So, we're going to put together a summit of innovators, all the brightest minds from the major faiths, All the brightest sparks from our national politics. Like you. And we're going to figure out how we can fix this once and for all. Together. Forget the war with the lingers. This is real history in the making. And you're invited. I... We'll arrange it in the next few weeks, if Glottage hasn't been blown to Kingdom Come by then. We want you there with your big ideas and your big heart, Shrew. Start thinking now.
0: Uh, all right. All right, I'm I'm. I'm looking forward and to
1: it. And I am going to fast-track your river god, okay? I'll get it in front of the HA tomorrow. We'll make it happen, and it's going to be a big success for you, and for us. Just get me bodies.
0: Yes, press secretary. Thank you. It's me. Um, hope you and the girls are settled in okay. They said the houses should come with a pool, which is awesome. (laughs) Think about all of you splashing about the afternoons. Makes me smile. And you're safe down there, which is the important thing. I'm safe too. Um, I know it doesn't seem like things are going too well for us, but I just had my first SENSEC meeting, and the scientists, they've got some clever stuff up their sleeves. They're gonna surprise all of us, I think. Um... I may have been a little incautious today. It's weighing on me. Um. Ring me when you get this, okay? I'd like to hear your voice. I'd like to be certain that I didn't just dream you.